Ben Bryant is not the reason why the Bearcats lost on Saturday. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow us, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Alex Frank with you, your host, each and every day. And, you know, today is a day where we're going to rationalize what a lot of people have been talking about since the game on Saturday, and that is... The play of Ben Bryant, um, fans wanting Evan Prater to start, and I get it. It's frustrating. Ben Bryant, you feel like, hasn't performed well enough. But the reality of but the reality of it is Ben Bryant is not the reason why the Bearcats lost on Saturday. The Bearcats lost the game on Saturday because they gave up 258 yards and they did not run the ball well. That made it difficult for Ben Bryant. Ben Bryant is the reason why this team had a chance to win the game on Saturday. In the second half, he led two drives for the Bearcats. Two, one ending with a touchdown on Josh Wiley, the other ending with a touchdown run by my, Ryan Montgomery. The fact that the Bearcats had a chance to beat UCF in the bounce house is a credit to the play and resiliency of Ben Bryant, very similarly to the chance he gave the Bearcats against Arkansas. So, if you want Ben Bryant benched, if you want Evan Prayer to start, I understand that. But the reality of it is, and let's think rationally here, that's not going to happen. Look, we know who Ben Bryant is, okay? We're eight games into the season. We know what Ben Bryant can do well. We know what he can't do well. We know that he is a very limited quarterback, right? There's only certain things he can do. He can throw from the pocket. He can't extend plays. He can't make plays off script. He doesn't have a lot of mobility. So he's very limited athletically. But so far through eight games, he's completed 62.3% of his passes for over 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns to six interceptions. An average of two touchdowns to fewer than one interception per game. That's pretty good, actually. And in a season where their cats are replacing a guy who became the third all-time winningest quarterback in the history of college football, in Desmond Ritter, right? Ben Bryant has a huge task this season of replacing Desmond Ritter. And so far... He's been doing an admirable job, believe it or not. He has led the Bearcats to six wins this season. And in a season of reloading, that is something I can get behind. And again, he's not the reason why the Bearcats lost yesterday. You might think he is. Because he didn't do anything on the Bearcats' final offensive possession. But I'm telling you that if you think about it, He's not. Remember at Arkansas when the Bearcats were shut out in the first half and Ben Bryant didn't have a great first half himself? 
He came back in the second half and nearly brought the Bearcats all the way back to victory. That is a quarterback of a team that is good. That's a quarterback I can get behind. I'm not saying I am 100% on board with Ben Bryant, but I'm saying that I am not on board with benching him because that's not going to work, right? Ben Bryant yesterday had his first 200-plus yard passing game since Indiana. Ben Bryant yesterday, with the Bearcats offense, you know, spinning its tires, got them rolling late in the third quarter with a touchdown to Josh Wiley. And 24-43 is not a bad day. It's not. Understand that the reasons why you want him benched are reasons that Evan Prater brings that Ben Bryant does not. But I think we need to be rational about this. You have, maybe here's what you need to do. You don't need to bench Ben Bryant because then his confidence is going to be shaken. It already is shaken a little bit, right? We're seeing that. He's banged up. He, you know, struggled to throw the ball down the field yesterday, late. So what you need is you need a package of plays for him or for Evan Prater. You got to do some things differently if you're the coaching staff. I know this is a program that loves to ride with one quarterback. But if you put in the package of plays for Prater, that's not necessarily doing something for one specific position as opposed to doing it for the whole team. And that's what needs to be done right now. Hayden Moore in 2017, or 2018, excuse me, was benched because he was coming off back-to-back four and eight seasons. Ben Bryant has this Bearcats team at 6-2, and two, which I think a lot of us thought is where, is where this team would be. So why are you frustrated? I get it. It might be because you thought the Bearcats were going to be better once you saw them against Arkansas and the next three games. Maybe you thought this team was going to be a little was going to be better than six and two, and that's fine. That's understandable. I wanted them to be better than six and two, but I kept things realistic and said, okay, this team can be seven and one at best, but six and two is probably the more rational and realistic expectation, and that's where they are right now, right? Ben Bryant being benched is not happening because this is not like Hayden Moore in 2018. Hayden Moore was is coming off a back-to-back four and eight seasons. And remember that letter I mentioned last week, Luke Fickle wrote to the entire university after that 2017 season saying they would put a championship caliber product on the field. And lo and behold, in the very first few minutes of 2018, they thought Desmond Ritter gave them the opportunity to do just that. That is not the case this year. Right, Ben Bryant is six and two and gave this team a chance to win at Central Florida. I don't think we understand how great that is. I don't think we understand with a team that you know, an offensive line that was supposed to be a strength of this year's team is now not a liability, but it's not an asset. Like Joe Huber has struggled recently. Um, they've struggled, they struggled to open up holes in the running lane in the running game yesterday. Lorenz Metz hasn't seen the field at all this season. They lost their starting center, who was first team all conference to a torn meniscus before the season started. So this offensive line that was supposed to be really good is not. 
Um, the running game has struggled to maintain consistency all season. And Ben Bryant yet still has this team 6-2. and two. Hayden Moore couldn't beat a 2-8 and eight ECU team on the road. He got outdueled by Gardner Minshew in 2017. Do you remember that? That required a benching. This does not require a benching. Giving your team a chance to win at Central Florida, who's now in the top 25, who you're probably going to have to go back to Orlando and face for a conference championship in, what is it, five weeks? Yeah. That's not warranting a benching. Hayden Moore barely could beat Austin P in Tulane his junior season. Those were not good teams. Ben Bryant threw for over 300 yards in the first half against Indiana. Ben Bryant threw for over, almost 300 yards in the second half at Arkansas. Ben Bryant threw for almost 300 yards at Central Florida on a day where he had to be nearly perfect for the Bearcats' offense to even give themselves a chance to win the game, and he did. So to sit up here and say that Ben Bryant needs to be benched, I'm not going to do that. I understand if you want a bench, then that's totally fine. You're intrigued by Evan Prater as much as I am. But let's be rational about this. That's not going to happen. He's not going to be benched completely for Evan Prater. The rational thing to do is to put in a package of plays to help this offense. It's not necessarily going to fix one position, as opposed to fixing the entire offense, which right now needs a jolt. We know that. They've scored under 30 points in each of their previous three games. For an offense that averages or came in averaging over 36 points a game, that scored 70 touchdowns last year. This is not a good offense right now. But I'm not going to say that Ben Bryant being benched is the solution. Because it's not. Alright, coming up. We'll examine if this Bearcats team is still rebuilt or still reloading, excuse me. Or, can we now start using the other R word? We'll get into that after a word from... Nissan. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be Ryan Montgomery's 39-yard go-ahead touchdown with 3.04 to play, sending the Bearcats into a state of delirium and giving themselves an opportunity for a marquee road win at Central Florida. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now at Nissan.com. That's NissanUSA.com. Excuse me. All right, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski, who also hosts Lockdown Packers. Alex Frank, back with you, your host each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats. So Luke Fickle has said this team is reloading, not rebuilding. I still think that's true, right? It's not like this Bearcats team went to UCF and got blown out. Now, it might have looked like that was going to happen early on. But let's be honest about something. This is a team that with 3.04 to go, had a chance to get one stop and win the game. That's not a program that's rebuilding. 
right? That's a program that's on solid footing, is culture in play. Holding a team that was running up and down the field in the first quarter and scored 10 points. They had 18 with 3.04 to go. They only managed eight points. They only managed eight points over the next nearly 45 minutes of play. 41.52 to be exact. Holding an opponent like that to eight points. Bowing, or bowing, bowing up, bowing up, whatever the term is, sorry. Bowing up when UCF drove down the field on their first possession and preventing them from scoring. Forcing that fumble late in the third quarter, recovered by Dante Corleone that gave the Bearcats a chance. It's giving yourselves an opportunity to win a game that you never really had any business being in anyway, right? So they didn't, the Bearcats did not have the players who were major factors in the three straight wins against UCF leading up to yet to Saturday's game. They didn't have Sauce Gardner or Brian Wright, who forced a, a fumble, a key fumble in the game in 2019. They didn't have Derek Forrest, who had a critical interception in the fourth quarter in 2020. They didn't have Jerome Ford or Kobe Bryant, right? They had who they had. Ivan Pace Jr., a transfer who has been nothing short of spectacular all season, gave everything he had, 11 tackles, tackle and a half for loss. And I'm going to be honest, if this were a home game, I think you would agree with me that Cincinnati probably pulls out the win, right? So this program is still reloading because this is not 2017. Rebuilding was 2017. Rebuilding was... Um, the Bearcats coming off of a four and eight season and then another four and eight season in 2017. Rebuilding is having no momentum in recruiting. We know this program is not that because you look at all the three and four star commits who have currently committed to Cincinnati and who they have gotten over the years. Rebuilding is not coming off a year where you sent a number four overall pick to the NFL and now a guy who might turn out to be the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner. Rebuilding is not sending perhaps the greatest quarterback in Bearcats football history and him being a third-round draft pick. Rebuilding is not sending the third-most players of any school in the country last year to the NFL. Rebuilding is not coming off a college football playoff appearance and still being ranked in the top 25 to start the season and still having a lot of depth that made people think, including you and me, that this team could win a third straight conference championship. Let me ask you these questions. Does this program still have a chance to play for a championship and win a championship? Yes. Is this program a top 25 or fringe top 25 team? Yes. They've been in the top 25 for about half the season. They're currently 29th if you go by the teams who are receiving votes and rank them. Does this program have a proven head coach? Yes. That's not a rebuilding program. That's a reloading program. If they were rebuilding, they wouldn't have anybody stand out on their roster. I remember 2017. Those were times when the best players on the University of Cincinnati went in the late rounds of the NFL draft. Now, the best players go in the mid-rounds or in the case of Sauce Gardner in round one, fourth overall. That's not a rebuilding program. This program is still reloading. Right. 
The Bearcats have landed excellent three- and four-star players. They didn't have great players in 2017. There was no recruiting identity. This program is not where they were then. This program is coming off a college football playoff appearance and is one season away from joining the Big 12. The 2017 Bearcats were picking up the pieces still from the worst era of Bearcats football history, at least, at least arguably, and I would argue it is. That's not the case right now. The Bearcats right now are trying to replicate last year and maintain their success. It's hard to do that when you're not Georgia or Alabama still. But at the end of the day, this is still everything now that the Bearcats do is uncharted territory. But they've gone to uncharted territory before, right? They tried to become the first group of five team to make the college football playoff, and they did. Now they're trying to follow it up with another conference championship in New Year's Six Bowl. I'm not saying everything they do this season is icing on the cake because they still have something to prove. But this is not a program that is trying to dig themselves out of four and eight. No. Rebuilding is if you're Houston. That's what apparently is going on with their program right now. Rebuilding is, um, you know, you look around college football and point out any team who was good last year that is, you know, not great this year, like Baylor, seemingly in a rebuild, or Pitt, or Michigan State, apparently, right? The Bearcats have not completely fallen off from where they were. This is what happens when you lose a rare game in the regular season, something that now we've become accustomed to, the Bearcats not doing. It's very similar to the nine straight years where they made the NCAA tournament in basketball. When they lost in the regular season, it was rare. And then we all spun our heads for a week because this team does not lose. That's what the football program has done. When you go 50-8 and eight over four-plus years and you lose a regular season game, something that has only now happened twice since the end of 2019, yeah, there's going to be a lot of emotions. Luke Fickle said best after the game on Sunday. There were a lot of heavy hearts in the locker room, and I don't blame him. You give everything you have in a hostile environment against a team that was playing playing desperate. Yeah, it sucks. But that doesn't mean this team is rebuilding. They're 6-2, and 3-1 and one in the American. Getting every team's best shot every single week without Desmond Ritter and, Sa- and Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant and the Alpha Dogs to just put their foot down and say, Dag Ahmed, you're not going to have it today. This team is not that. This team still has three home games remaining. And I think they will win all three games. And I think they will beat Temple on the road. I believe they're going to be 10-2 and two playing for a conference championship. Probably at Orlando. Because there's still a lot of optimism, there's still a lot of optimism surrounding this program. This is not the end of the season. This is the end of October. There's still the whole month of November left. And if you're me, and if you're now going back into that, this team is rebuilding. I don't think that's I don't think that's a rational way to look at it. My rational thinking is, you know what, that loss to UCF was, you know, I don't want to say inevitable, but it was kind of expected. 
and the Bearcats gave themselves a chance to win the game. The problem is they couldn't get stopped defensively. It's one game. It is one game. And you know what? We move on to the next one. Because Navy's going to be just as difficult in terms of stopping the run. We know that. But you might get another shot at UCF. And given the Bearcats, when you give them a second chance, I'll take my chances with that. All right, coming up, why this loss to UCF is the best thing to happen to Cincinnati. I'll explain how after a word from Sweplock. So I've had plenty of experiences with embarrassing sweat, whether I'm watching a Bearcats game, whether I'm at work, whether I'm, you know, outside for a run or in the, in the gym lifting. Someone like Mike, who's a Vegas resort concierge, Man, he was sweating through his suit, coat, on the job in less than an hour. And I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, you're in Vegas as a concierge. More power to him. Not anymore, though. He's not sweating anymore thanks to Sweatblock. Mike was able to fix his problem with Sweatblock because their wipes are a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. If you are someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat, or odor, try Sweatblock and save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. All right, so, <coughs> excuse me. This loss for the Bearcats, it sucks. I know that. But it might be the best thing to happen to Cincinnati. See, the last time the Bearcats lost a game, before the final game of the regular season, conference championship, or bowl game. It was 2019 at Ohio State. So, to me, it kind of feels like the Bearcats were humbled at UCF a little bit. Um, You know, maybe this is what they need. After all those close calls against Tulsa, South Florida, and, and, uh, um, and SMU, the dam broke. That's just what it is. The dam broke. Now we get to see how this team responds after beating a team they should have beaten. Let's be honest. Right? If, you know, a lot of us view Cincinnati in high regard, including me. A lot of us think now that because the Bearcats have been to the college football playoff. A lot of us think that that means they should be above every other team in the group of five. The truth of the matter is, though, UCF is going to the Big 12 as well. And if that game on Saturday is a preview of what's to come in the Big 12, sign me the heck up. Especially now with the new media rights deal that's going to bring in a lot of money for all Big 12 programs. Cincinnati going to be going to be making five times the more money than they're currently making right now as members of the American. And if that doesn't excite you, I mean, I don't know what to say. <coughs> the Cincinnati Bearcats now have an opportunity to show that, you know what? They might have gotten knocked down the mountain a little bit. They may no longer be head and shoulders above the rest of the group of five, but they sure as heck can still be that by the end of the season. Overcome adversity. Fall to UCF in the regular season. Go beat them in Orlando in the championship game. 
You want to talk about stamping your culture and your legacy in the American? That's what you can now do. That is what you can now do. We got to see how this team responds. What are they going to do no longer being head and shoulders above the rest of the group of five? I remember when they lost to Ohio State. I was at that game. I called that game for Bearcats Media. It was a humbling experience for the Bearcats, for me, for anyone associated with the program, and for anyone associated with Cincinnati. Because a lot of us were really happy with where the program is going. We thought we could go into Columbus and give Ohio State at least a game. Some people thought the Bearcats were going to win. I wasn't one of those people. But I thought the game was going to be competitive. The game was over at halftime. Right? It was, I mean, Ohio State just ran over Cincinnati like a locomotive. And it would have been so easy to just say, all right, well, you know, what's there left to play for? Like, this was the game everybody was looking forward to. What's there left to look forward to? Well, conference championship was still in play. New Year's Six Bowl was still in play all the way through the end of the season. Luke Fickle said something at his press conference. I'll never forget it. I was there. He said, are you a hungry dog or a wounded dog? He actually might have said that with on a Bearcats voice report with Dan Horde. One of the two. But he said that. And it just created this suspense of how this team was going to respond after facing Ohio State. They beat Miami the next week. It was an uninspiring victory, if I'm being honest. They were down 10-0 in the first quarter. They outscored them 35-3 the rest of the way. Desmond Ritter didn't play well that day. Defense sure did. Bearcats were heading into a bye week. 2-1. and one. Didn't really know what to think. But then they go out and marshal, crush them. In a game where you really didn't know what to expect, Cincinnati crushed Marshall, 35-17. Okay? So, I'm sorry, 52-17. Then they beat UCF. So instead of just rolling over and like, well, what do we have to play for after getting crushed by Ohio State? And our program still got a long way to go. They used that as fuel. They were hungry dogs. Cats the rest of the season. They won nine straight games. Yes, some games were hard. Some games they eked out. Some games made you want to pull your hair out. Myself included. But the Bearcats won nine straight games. They were playing for a conference championship. And a chance to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. And what that streak did was cement themselves, and I get it, Memphis won the championship that year. They were the best team in the American by far. But it cemented the Bearcats for the next two years as the top dog in the American. It set the stage for what took place the last two years. And so that's where I look at this right now. (coughs) You've been humbled once again. You lost a road game in season to your conference rival. First time the Bearcats have lost a conference game in season that was not the last game or the conference championship since they lost to Temple in 2018. Now, they lost to UCF second and last game of the regular season. But this early in conference play, they have not lost since Temple in 2018. How do you respond? Because there's still a lot of football left to be played. When we sit down, whether after the regular season or conference championship, 
we are going to look back and say this game set them this game fueled them for the rest of the season whether they finish 11 and 2 12 and 2 whatever what they do this game this loss on Saturday is going to give them the fuel they need the question is are they hungry dogs or cats or are they wounded cats I guess we'll find out because the Bearcats have been knocked down a little bit from head and shoulders above the rest in the American and group of five. That's not a good feeling going into the Big 12 and knowing the Bearcats went to the playoff last year. But there's still a lot of season left to be played. There's still four games left against some really good teams. Every game must win. The Bearcats have been knocked down, knocked off the throne. The races, and by the way, when I say UC has won two American championships, I go by since when the American championship game was first instituted back in 2015. I get it, UCF won a championship in 2013. Bearcats won it in 2014. They didn't have a championship game. I do count those. But in terms of American championships, true American championships since the championship game was first played, UCF has two, Bearcats have two. One team, one of those teams will have three. And both teams are going to the Big 12, unless Tulane miraculously wins the championship, and hey, maybe they will. I'm just saying, the race is now on. All right, back tomorrow with a film review of the Bearcats and UCF. We'll take a look at how the tight ends, Josh Wiley and Leonard Tyler, were used, or lack, Leonard, Leonard Taylor, excuse me, were used, or lack thereof. Russ Heldman joins me on Thursday. Uh, for our weekly conversation about the game on Saturday against Central Florida. We'll also look ahead to Saturday against Navy, plus look ahead to the Bearcats season opener on the hardwood on Monday night against Chaminade. And then Friday, we're back at it again, previewing the game against the Navy midshipmen on Saturday at Nippert Stadium. And uh, we got a lot still left to go this week. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can also follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Lockdown Bearcats is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. How about for your second listen? And thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Lockdown Sports Today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the box or the scoreboard rather and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports Today hosted by Peter Bukowski, also the host of Lockdown Packers. Lockdown Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow us too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode as we charge into November down the stretch in the regular season. The race to a championship is officially now on for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Back tomorrow with a film review and takeaways from the Bearcats loss at Central Florida and looking ahead to Saturday's game against Navy. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll be back tomorrow with our film review right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.